Wow. <laughs> wow. Dude, wow. Holy crow. Not sure it really matters what I say now. Hey, thanks, Dijon. Hey, so what do you think? You guys like this? Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's a little weird uh, because here's the deal about any given time, 50% of you are looking at my backside. And for that, I really apologize. Uh, not good. It's not my best side. But, uh, but here's the good, good thing is that you can throw anything you want and I'm not going to even know who it is. You know, normally I could be like, yo. But uh, anyways, the reason why we're doing this is because I feel like all the culmination of these six weeks is today. I'm popping, popping, popping. Let me move a little bit there. I feel like this is, this, is the, uh, this is the point where it all comes together for this unstoppable series. And, and what we've talked about in this series is that God has, has started a movement. We started this conversation about seven weeks ago on Easter. Man, doesn't it seem like Easter was so much farther than that? Man, it seems like it was you know, seasons and seasons ago, but it's only seven weeks. And the conversation that we started is that God has a remarkable plan, this unstoppable plan called the church, to convey and to communicate His love to the world. And, and, and I guess in many ways, God could have just written His message to us across the sky, and He kind of did a little bit, you know? But His number one plan to communicate His love to the world, it's through us. It's through you. It's me. And that, that's why we're, we're here in the center today. I know you guys walked in and you're like, what is going on? And, but part of this is we want to be really missional about what we're talking about today. And that means that you are the church. You're the church. And I think so often times, especially in America, like we'll go to church and be like, hey, I went to church today. And the band was up there on the platform and the preacher done preaching, yeah, wherever he preaches, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And I went to church. And that is such a misnomer. It's not true. This is not the church. These buildings are not the church. You are the church. If you have given your life to Jesus Christ, if you are in Christ, you're the church. You are God's plan A. There is no other plan. You're it. And so for 2,000 years, the plan has been working. I, I just, okay, that's just amazing to me. We've talked about that in here before, that, that for 2,000 years, there's been no other movement like this movement. And it will continue to thrive and continue to go. And as we've talked about this unstoppable series, one of the main, uh, main things that God did was give us His Holy Spirit. It is Christ in me, it's the Holy Spirit in me when I place my faith in Him that allows me to be part of this movement, that allows me to be a part, to be the one that gets to play a front row seat on expanding the kingdom of God. Do you understand how amazing that is? That's phenomenal. So that's why I wanted to stand out here with you guys today and have this conversation. I love this. I don't feel like anyone's too far away. Even the B section. <sighs> Close to the B section. <laughs> I've always wondered what you look like. Because no. <laughs> you are the church. You are the church. And we said, I said it like four weeks ago that praise God for the men and the women, the, the apostles and all these apostolic folks that came before us in history. But guess what? What did I say four weeks ago? They're not here any longer. That's not a diss. It's a reality that, that you, are, you are missional people. You are apostolic because the Holy Spirit resides in you when you give your life to Him, when you place your faith in Him. I'm telling you, that's explosive. There is no better adventure than that. This is dangerous stuff we're talking about here. 
And here, here's what God has done. God has given us through His Son. Seven weeks ago, we began the conversation. God has given us through His Son eternity. Eternity with Him. But, but I, I'd like to point out that I don't think that God just gave us eternity so that we could just then be swooped out of this life and just go and enjoy it. I think there was much more to it because if that was the case, if God's whole deal was, hey, I'll just, you know, just accept my son, uh, accept the salvation that I bring, come into relationship with me, and then I'll just swoop you out, boom, he could just kill me and I end up being raptured immediately up to heaven. That's not what God did. On the contrary, what he's he's done is he says, I'm going to leave you where you're at. I'm going to leave you where you're at. I'm going to put you back on this spinning globe because the reality is we don't have much time. We don't have much time. So I'm going to put you back on this earth. I'm going to put you back into life, you know, spinning on this globe 6,000 miles per something, second probably, I don't know, spinning through the universe, and it keeps spinning and spinning and spinning, and that's your, that's your, that's your mission right there on the earth. That's what I've designed you to do. That's why I, 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 I reconciled our relationship, not so that you could just go to heaven, but so that you could spend time here loving people the way I've loved them and telling them about me, living for me. And I got to tell you guys, we do not have much time. Think about this. 30 to 40 years, this auditorium is probably going to be empty. We're not going to be here. We're not going to be here. And with every turn of this earth, our time gets shorter and shorter and shorter. God says, I'm going to put you back on this globe to be my messengers, to be my communicators, to be my ambassadors, to share how your life has been affected. Because in in not too far away, you and I are going to spend eternity with Him. You know, the Bible says... This length of our life is incredibly short. There's actually three different things the Bible talks about. It says, our life is like a sigh. <sighs> and then it's over. That's it. It says our life is, is and James says our life is like a vapor, right? This vapor that's, that's there one moment, gone the next. Our life is, is like this, this warm breath on a cold morning where it's hanging out there and it's gone. It's very, very short. And so God says, I'm going to place you back here on this globe to impact the world before eternity takes place. Now, really quickly, you might be asking the question, what is eternity? <laughs> because in the scope of eternity, it starts making sense what he's called us to do right here. If we were to kind of uh, explain eternity, I mean, I've heard it kind of illustrated this way. If we were to take a cable and just kind of pass it through the middle of this room right here, and as far as we can see that way, that cable just takes off. As far as we can see this way, it just zooms out there as far in, into eternity. And if that is the timeline of eternity, I could take out a pin right here, and I could just grab the cable and make a little scratch right here in the middle, one sixty-fourth of an inch, and just scratch it off and say, okay, that represents our time here on this globe, and it's short. And it's short, and God is saying, I'm not going to whip you out to eternity right away. I need you to stay here on the scratch, and I need you to tell people and show people and love people the way I've loved you. Because there are people that are living on the scratch that think that that's all they have. They think that if I just hold on to the scratch, if I paint the scratch, kiss the scratch, you know, uh, spread the scratch, you know, like, you know, totally put oil valet, hopefully the scratch will last a little longer. The bottom line is it's like this. It's a vapor. It's a vapor. It's short. 
And the Bible says this, but God so loved the scratch <laughs> that he sent his only son to die. And whoever believes in him would not die on the scratch, but would have what? Everlasting life, eternity with God. So God says, I'm going to put a message in your heart. I'm going to make a mission for you. And I'm going to put you back on this globe. And I've got great plans for you to love other people. Jesus talked about this plan. And he fleshed it out. And I, I've just got a few moments here. I wish I could talk about this for a long time. I've just, my time is really fleeting here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. This is what Jesus said about our mission. Uh, the plan that he has for us. Check this out, verse 14. You're here to be light. It's your job. That's, 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 what, that's what you're here to do is to be light. Brother, check this out. This is actually the message version by Peterson. I love the way he puts this. He says, bringing out the God colors in this world. Oh, isn't that rich? It's rich. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. Verse 15, if I make you light bearers, do you think I'm going to hide you under a bucket? No way. I'm not doing that. I'm putting you on a light stand, verse 16, and now I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, so shine. That's, that's my plan for you, that you would shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be open, be, by opening up to, to others, you'll, you'll prompt people to open up with God. Who? This generous Father in heaven. In other words, I put you back on the scratch so that you would shine, that you would be light. Mm, I love this. But the real question is, what is the source of the light? See, I just can't come up with light within me. I can't just like produce it. I can't do that. I can't do it. There's something really, really important that, that this verse points out here. See, the, the source of the light is not me. The source of the light is our Father. Listen to this. Astronomers say that the whole entire universe is like full of life, Right? It doesn't appear that way to be because you look out and it's like dark, but they say that there's all light and light streaming all over the place at 193,000 miles a second. I made that up. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's fast. It's just screaming through universe fast. But the problem is you can't see the light. It's there, but you can't see the light. The only time you can actually see the light is when something gets in the way and reflects it. Light streaming past, I don't see it, I put my hand out, ah, oh, there it is, take my hand out, it streams past, I don't see it, I put my hand back, there it is, ah, oh, I'm reflecting it, take my hand away, it's gone, put my hand back, it reflects the light. And that, that is what Matthew is, is, is saying here, Jesus is saying in the book of Matthew, our job is to reflect the light of God, I'm reflecting his light. And there's two positions my first position is, is turning myself so that I can be hit by God's light. You know what that means? That, that, that means that I'm saying yes to Him, that I'm engaging with Him, that, 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 that He's important, that I'm giving my life to Him, that I'm accepting, I'm putting my faith in Him, I'm turning myself to receive His light. But the other possession, position is then I reflect. See, if I don't reflect light and I just absorb it, do you know what that's called? Religion. Religion. That's what it is. Yeah, you could throw something. Now's your moment. I won't see, I won't see you. But that, that, that's the point. It's religion. But when I reflect the light to other people, now I'm being missional of what God has called me to do. 
So the question I want to pose to you today is, are you doing that? Because nothing else matters. Nothing else matters other than engaging with what God is doing here and now. Are you willing to be a communicator for him? Are you willing to, to be a sharer for him? Are you willing to invest for him? Are you willing to, to actually engage with what God is doing? Because I'm telling you, there's nothing else. There's nothing else more exciting than engaging with what God is doing right now in reflecting his light. And that is what the unstoppable force is all about. That is what God has been doing for 2,000 years now and will continue to do and continue and continue because that is the vehicle that he has chosen to tell everybody about his son, to tell everybody about how we are reconciled with God. And if you are a follower of Christ today, I need to tell you, he is asking you to engage with this mission of love. Now notice, I did not say a mission of proselytizing, right? Because that is what most of the world thinks about us, is that we only want to love you if you agree with me. I'll, I'll only love you if, if you actually engage with me, and, and I don't want a relationship with you. I'm just going to hit you real hard over the head. And that is not what God is calling us to do. He's calling to ask us to love and to be loved. That is the mission of love. Listen, um, the reason I can't spend a whole lot of time talking, which is probably good, is I want you to hear from individuals that are actually doing this. If we are called to engage, what does that really look like? What does it look like today? What does it look like in your life? Because I'm telling you, there, there are different domains of society. There's like eight that, that almost all societies share. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'll give you some examples. There are different domains of economics. Every, every society has economics or, or education or, or family or, or, or um, uh, agriculture or, or musicians and arts and all these things or governance, all different domains of life. And you are living in a domain. Every single person in here is, is living in a domain, several of them at, at different times. And what I want to do today is I want to bring up some, some friends that I have that are actually, you know them, they're, they're part of this body, that are engaging right now, intentionally engaging in the domain that God has called them to. Because I want to ask the question, how do I engage? What does it really look like? What does it look like to be missional and to join God with what he's doing. Here's some story for, to catch you up to speed. Hi, my name is Sherea Coleman. I am a student here at Westminster College. I'm actually graduating this semester. I grew up in Salt Lake City. I've been meaning to get out ever since, <laughs> but God's kept me here, and I can see some reasons why now. I first came to Westminster four years ago, and I was a brand new Christian, just a year into my relationship with God. And I was looking for a place to plug in, some people to talk to about my relationship with God and whatnot. And I didn't really find anything on campus. Truth of the matter was, spiritually, it was pretty dry. I felt hungry for something on campus, but I wasn't sure what God wanted me to do. God placed a nugget in my heart that said, Sharia, I have you at Westminster for a reason. You need to move for me on this campus. I didn't know what to do about that. I was a brand new Christian. I'd never led a Bible study, let alone started a movement. After much praying and talking and hesitation, we decided to start a Bible study, and we named it Pierced, so it kind of moves people to ask questions, and that's what this club was all about, asking questions about God, about a relationship with God, things like that, and it's been quite an interesting ride ever since. He's definitely moved. He's definitely changed people's lives. He's definitely changed my life. Hi, I'm Tom Smith, and this is my wife, Gwen. We're a family of five. I have, we have three girls, 
two freshmen at the University of Utah and a 14-year-old here that's in middle school. And we live out here in West Jordan. We've been here about six years. So uh, this is our neighborhood. Um, we've gotten to know pretty well the people in our little perimeter, the people beside us across the street. Picking our neighborhood really was a God thing. When I say it was really a God thing, the neighbors you can't pick necessarily when you come and pick a house, and we've been just so, so blessed. Here, for whatever reasons, we've just connected with our neighbors, it's been fun, and we've really built some lasting relationships. So those relationships were solid ones for us to really start and invest in. I bought into um, a, uh, a power mower with some of my neighbors. I figured it was a good way just to uh, get to know them a bit better. Charlie, how's it going? I'm doing a commercial for Aftershave. It's, it's been a lot of fun just getting to know our neighbors, which works both ways, you know, for us and them. In some ways, I think we benefit a lot more than anything we're pouring into the neighborhood. My name is Bill Townsend, and I've been going to K2 for a couple of years with my wife, Andrea. You probably know me more as the father of Kevin and Sally, uh, who are about to give us our second grandchild. Maybe Lee Gutzwiller, who married Josh last summer, and Eric Townsend, who came to K2 about six months ago. I've been a believer for about as long as I've been in business, which is about 30 years. You know, in business, I've done a lot of different things. We've lived in many parts of the country. We've been in different industries. We've worked with different kinds of people. Um, made a living pushing a broom, and we've made a living running companies. In all that process, there's been a real desire to integrate faith and work. We've tried a lot of different things. Some have failed, and some of them worked, but they didn't really reach what I thought faith and work meant. So I think this morning we're going to talk about what it means to fully integrate your faith in your work life. I mean, this is a business. We're supposed to have cell phones, you know? <laughs> this guy is really serious. <laughs> it is. It's just, like, I have to actually, you know, do I get the charge K2 with lost income while this is going on? Oh, welcome. Thank you guys for uh, joining us this morning and as we have this conversation. And I love this. You guys get to be part of the conversation with us and, and uh, as we talk about how to actually engage, engage what God is doing. So you've heard their stories, different domains, but I, wa I want to hear a little bit more. Let's start with you guys. Uh, we have uh, Paul and Linda McCartney here uh, <laughs> in well, the flesh. Amazing. Don't rush them for autographs. They're a little offended by that, but... Um, Tell us, tell us a little bit about your story, how you came to be here, and I mean, I mean what, what's, what's God doing in your neighborhood? Uh, yeah, actually, we're from Canada. Eh? Uh, we moved here about six years ago <laughs> and, um, uh, because of a job and landed in West Jordan, found a house there. Uh, when we were back in Toronto, where we used to live, we had a very tangible um, ministry. We were working in some local churches and you could really feel that we're doing ministry. When we got to Salt Lake, we really didn't have a church. We didn't really know anybody and didn't feel we had a, a ministry. You know, we'd see you get up every couple of weeks and, uh, you know, preaching to thousands. That sounds like ministry, but we didn't feel we had a ministry. And it took a real long time for God to drill in that just in our neighborhood, like connecting with our neighbors, trying to build relationships, that we could actually have a ministry, uh, have a mission to the people just, you know, within a couple of hundred feet of us. So what is that, what's that specifically look like? I think the uniqueness to me about being in a neighborhood, a neighborhood domain is just the intimacy or the personalness of it 
People are dealing with their husband and their wife. People are dealing with their kids. Hmm. Proximity, too, you're right there. You're closer, maybe, than their family are if they needed somebody or a friend that they really needed somebody. So we've been really intentional in being available, and I guess that's the key word. So providing opportunities where we can meet our neighbors, interact with them, build relationships, and then we can be that reflecting light that you're talking about. We're in position to be able to really reflect. So, so living, living with your neighbors, but um, <laughs> you told me some stuff earlier. You guys have some weird strategies on, on how, to, how to actually connect with your neighbors, and it's, it's not rocket science, but share with us a little bit of the strategy. I mean, what are you guys doing? Um, yeah, none of it's particularly really spiritual or Bible studies or anything like that. I keep beer in the fridge, and um, I didn't used to like beer, but I've acquired you got a, a taste. At, yeah. at K2. But, Lois, was that you? Security? Can we... Uh... But basically trying to create some kind of environment or some easy way to connect with neighbors, whatever that is. Helping with a couch. Uh, you see a guy struggling with a couch or something across the street, going over there to help. Um, lawn care. I'm horrible at lawn care, but I don't mind going over awkwardly and asking somebody for help. But just looking for an easy connection point. And then from there, working on that to build a relationship so that from there, we, we start talking about lawnmowers or cars, but then it talks about, uh, or we'll start to talk about kids or challenges they're facing. And as that relationship builds, invariably, um, God gives us an opportunity where, and, and usually sometimes it's a neighbor that brings up spiritual things where they're asking questions. They see something in us. Uh, and it's not necessarily because we're preachy. I think it's just because we built a relationship where people are comfortable to share on that level. You're, you're investing. Right. You're investing in relationships. Yep. Yeah. This is Bill Townsend. Bill and I have been uh, friends for many, 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 many years. And uh, you're kind of in a different domain. So got this amazing domain of family over here that you guys are really intentional about. Um, but you're finding your, yourself in this domain of economics. Salt mines. Salt mines. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, he's joking. Um, and, and tell us more about this. I mean, a little bit of, of what you're doing and then how you're actually engaging with what God's doing in that domain. That's not the question you told me you were going to answer. Yeah, I know. I'm deviating a little bit. <laughs> that was a combination answer? of four and six, six right there. Okay, thanks. Okay. Sure. Yeah. It hasn't changed with you no, at all. Just, no, it hasn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, with me, it was, uh, you would spend so many hours on the job. I mean, we all do that here. We spend uh, 30, 40, 60, 80 hours on the job. Um, it had to be more than just um, showing up and being honest. Hmm. It had to be more than just, um, I'm going to be this good person today and uh, life's going to be better, and somehow that's going to affect somebody. It had to be, just had to be more than that. Uh, it had to be supernatural, and I found out that it actually is supernatural. Uh, we have a business that involves resolving climate change, and it's become the national leader in North America. And that's kind of cool, you know. It's climate change, it's environmental, it's environmental capitalism, all that kind of stuff. Um, but what it really is is this piercing mark that goes in and finds a way to engage the kingdom. And, you know, on our website we sort of say that, but we kind of go under the radar, and we find all these ways to engage God, and everybody out here has got that in business. Um, what we've learned is that God has putting people in their minds right now, in this room, 
God has put people in their minds, and he's sitting over here sort of twiddling his thumbs, waiting for you to engage them. And I said earlier, it's 90% showing up, 10% getting out of the way. 90% showing up is physically showing up, walking in front of the person, and then open this door of who you are and let people in and then get out of the way. And that's really how each of us engage the work life, people that we involved with. I think what I love the most about your story, and as you and I have just hung out and, and talked over the years, is that that's it. I mean, you're living that out. You are just saying, I mean, I don't want to sound so cliche today, but that's all you're doing is just saying yes to God. And yes, yes in business, and yes in relationship, and yes to conversations. And God, and God just uses that everywhere. We started, you know, I'm 50-something, and this, this journey began over two decades ago, maybe almost three now. And you look, it's easy to look now, and we're involved in countries and building leaders and media and movies and bringing this gospel up. But where did that all start? You know, hmm. where did, what happened? And it's as simple as you show up. Hmm. God's already put it in your head. It's out there. You know who these people are. They're there. John, eh, Mary, this. And everybody out here has a name, a place where God's already putting in your mind. And you stop, you show up in their lives, you open your life to them, and God comes through it. Wow. I love that. I love that. This is, uh, everybody say hi to Sherea Coleman. Wow, they're not very warm right now. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, thought you were part of this conversation. Hey, uh, hi, Sherea. Thank you. <laughs> Sherea, um, man, we go back, I don't know, six or seven years or something like that, and uh, been hanging out and... Um, just living life a little bit together, but God has called you to a, a different domain. So where, where the Smiths are doing family in this, this uh, kind of neighborhood domain, and, and Bill, you're involved in economics and, and actually doing business with guys and, and just saying yes to Jesus and whatever he would have you to do. You're, you're involved in this education domain. Tell us a little bit of what's going on and how God is calling you to engage in that domain. Yeah. Um, well, it all started the summer before my sophomore year. I went to Westminster for one year, and I, I discovered a couple of things. First of all, I discovered that I, God was developing this ache in my heart for that campus. I didn't know specific people at that point, but just for that campus. And then secondly, the thing that's unique, we're talking about what's unique about each of these domains, in college especially, but education in general, you're taught to ask questions. Hmm. You're taught, the point of learning is getting out of your comfort zone and asking questions and um, going into places that have been kind of dark in your mind before that you weren't aware of. And I, I also discovered that no matter what you, you say you believe, no matter who you claim to be, whether you're religious or not, whether you're, you know, put a label on yourself, spirituality has some sort of connection to your life. And um, everybody has questions about who am I. Where do I come from? <laughs> and um, what's the point of my day? And so, thank you. Um, Good luck with that, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what happened to me in my own journey was, was God placed specific people in my life, one of which was my friend Julie, and, who mm -hmm. works with Campus Crusade, and then a professor at Westminster named Trisha, who both had Westminster on their mm -hmm. heart. And through conversations with them, this desire in my heart to see something happen on this campus for God started to grow. And it came to a point where I just, I either had to say no and run away hmm. or say yes. And um, 
by the grace of God, I just said, okay, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you want, but I'm saying yes to you, whatever that might mean. And that turned into a couple of things. God has moved in so many ways on, on that campus. He started through me, Pierce, which we had kind of started as a discussion group, really. We, some people call it a Bible study, but it was more of we're going to talk about what God has to do with science. We're going to talk about what God has to do with dating. Mm. What, how has your spiritual beliefs intersected with um, you know, your daily college life? Because that's where we are. God's also moved in different parts of campus, you know, in the way where in college you're studying all the time. You have study partners. So he's moved in some people's lives where they just listened for opportunities during study sessions to start conversations about God and just said, okay, God, yes, I'm going to ask that question. Or yes, I'm going to answer that question because people mm. will ask you. So it's been three years of going where God takes us, no matter where that might be. But most of all, it's, it's been um, listening. I think it's been the biggest key, listening to God, giving yeah. you those proddings in your heart about particular places or particular people, and then listening to those people that you run into, whether they're students or professors or whoever. And when they ask those questions about your life or about their life, or I mean, we're talking questions like, how are you, can even be a question that leads to something deep in your heart hmm. or deep in their heart. So that's kind of already taken it. So your strategy is not necessarily taking the biggest Bible you can and clocking them with it. It's more just listening. I mean, that's what you would say to students on campus. It just You want to be engaging with God. You just make yourself available. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, it's been, I'm sure you're probably aware, and in academia, if not our whole culture, there's this preconceived notion that, that Christians are going to do that. They're going to, if you're a Christian, then you're going to take a Bible and carry it around with you and smack it on someone's head. Right, right. And I've actually had a couple conversations with professors and students who have approached me about that. Hmm. And the thing is, is when you're loving God first and loving people and you're listening to God and listening to those people's genuine no, preconceived notions, then he puts you, God puts you in a situation where you can have a conversation with this person that's really genuine and they can see that you don't have that hidden agenda of knocking them over the head and making them believe what you believe. Mm. You have this genuine desire to know them yeah. and for them to know you. And the beautiful thing about the church is that God has placed his spirit in us, right? And so when somebody genuinely gets to know you, then they're going to see pieces of God and ask questions. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, that's that's a great strategy. That's a really good strategy to be a listener. Hey, Bill, I want to ask you, uh, and then I'll throw it to you guys. Um, in economics, and then also in the family uh, domain, what would you tell somebody, Bill, sitting here today, who is a businessman, businesswoman? Tomorrow they're going to be in their cubicle. It's Monday morning. Um, they're going to be out on sales calls. They're going to be uh, making money and closing deals. What would you tell somebody to be aware of uh, when it comes to engaging with what God's doing? I think it's, um, I mean, I've had, I think I counted up, I've had 46, 47 different jobs or assignments over the years. Hmm. Uh, literally pushing a broom to make a living and uh, running companies. I think God is incredibly practical, incredibly practical. He knows exactly where each of us are at this very moment. You know, he knows exactly where we are. He knows we're scared. He knows that we don't want to screw up that commercial relationship by bringing up a spiritual matter. So he's, he's so sensitive to that, the practical application of how you engage in the kingdom, the way I've been taught, I'm just one person, is mm -hmm. that you expose yourself to them. Mm -hmm. You open up who you are, and you do it with one question, one statement, 
you know, I've really been, you're in, you're in some commercial discussion, you just stop in the middle of it. Hmm. And you say, boy, I am really struggling with this. Or did you see this newsletter? Or did you listen to this television? And it, it has to be genuine. It has to be who you really are. You don't manufacture this. Right, right. They will engage you generally, eight out of 10 times. Hmm. And that begins to create a relationship that's different than commercial. And then you take the next step and you, and so like Sherea is saying and Paul and you know, Linda. Linda are saying, um, you, you begin to have this relationship with them. Yeah. It's no different in commerce than it is in neighborhood or arts or academia or education. Yeah. Uh, it's exposing yourself to them and just letting God do the rest. And sometimes asking the right question. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's so practical. Yeah. You know, it's just we make it all these other things. We freak out. You know, we make it all these other things. We, oh, man, what are they going to say? I'm going to lose this account. I'm going to do that. It's just not that hard. Yeah. And yeah. you just sort of sit back and you say, I was thinking about this. You know, I was thinking about that too. Hmm. So God knows who all those people are, Andy. Hmm. Um, and I think you, you know, right now in the audience, again, I said, everybody's been given this name. Andy, I really believe this. Everybody's been giving these names to these people, and you know who they are. And tomorrow, on Monday, you're going to talk to them. And the real issue is you're going to show up and just expose yourself. And if you do, I'm telling you, you get this rush. You get this adventure, and you fall in love with risk. Right. <laughs> I love that. I think that's why I like hanging out with you. Risk and adventure. What would you guys say, um, people that are sitting out here looking to to engage with what God's doing in their neighborhood with the people that are living next to you. What's worked for you guys? What, what, what would you do to encourage people that are, are wondering about that today? I think like what you're saying, find the name, the person that's there, pick a door. Don't look at your, all your neighbors. Mm. Pick one. Listen to the name that God's whispering to you and go and knock on the door. And take something that you're good at. Use it as an opportunity. Use it like the question. Mm. For me, it might be a basket of muffins um, or something as an excuse to knock on the door. Or maybe it's something that because you're building relationships, you know about the family, loss of a job, something like that. You take the opportunity and that's what you use to build the relationship so that you can be there when Christ shines through you in what you mm. just listen to, what maybe you get a chance to share and say, or maybe you get asked, and most times, as far as my, my being a Christ follower, I get asked the question, I don't say anything, but they'll ask me, I've seen you do this, Gwen, why do you do that? Mm. Or, this is important to you, how come? Or, I've heard the way you talk or do this. It's totally humbling, Andy, really, because I mess up a lot of the times too, and that's the flip side. I mess up, they're watching, it's transparent. Being open like that, it's really transparent. And you just keep fixed on Jesus, admit when you mess up, your neighbors see that, and you keep going. I guess uh, we, we pray for our neighbors too. Like, obviously when they're just acquaintances, there's not much more we can do than you know pray for Charlie across the street. But uh, as we deepen that relationship or build that relationship, uh, we know what they're struggling with. We know what they're going through. And that gives us an opportunity to pray specifically for our neighbors. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important part of what we do. I like what Gwen said, too. 
if we're obedient to God, if we've really got God living inside us and we want to follow him as a, a follower of Christ, then that's going to shine through. We, yeah. I think you were saying, you were saying, you don't have to club them with a very large Bible. You can just um, build that relationship and let Christ reflect. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Bill, you, closing thought? I, I really like what Glenn said. We, we screw up so much. I mean, and so you're sharing these things and you're going to get into spiritual matters. You have to remind them up front and early that you're a complete screw up because that's the truth. And you don't want to hide that, yeah. you know. But it's what God does with that. In your weaknesses, he's glorified. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to add on to that. It, it's amazing to me how in my life, looking back over the, these last three years, when you give people the opportunity to be genuine with you, they're going to see your beautiful marks and they're going to see your dirty marks and they're going to see that we do need help. We do need Christ, right? And what's been amazing for me and humbling mm. is to see how even when I think I royally screwed up, if, if I sought God after, you know, after the fact, when he convicts you of what you've done and I was still open through this whole process, that actually brought some of my friends to a place where they said, I want to know more about this God. In fact, my friend Jesse's sitting right over here, and, and our relationship started where I offered to, you know, I started talking to her at one of our rehearsals, right? And I just offered to give her a ride home a couple of times because she happened to live 15 minutes past where I was living. Simple things. And we got into conversations, and she walked with me that year watching me as I struggled to follow Christ. And the funny thing was is it wasn't until she'd seen me royally mess up and royally feel bad that she was finally like, hey, so you go to church, right? Can I come with you to church? And it was, it was at that point that we really started to dig deep into mm. what it meant to believe in Jesus and what it meant to not just believe, but to have God be enough for mm. you, to be enough for everything you do and everything you've ever done, and, and to really give you life in the midst of being human. Ah, I love that. Can I say one last absolutely, thing? Absolutely, absolutely. Relationship is a two-way street. And I think that's the other cool thing, too, is that all of the people we're talking about being involved in, I have been blessed huge mm. by the relationships that I've put God first in. And I think about opportunities I've had here at K2 to bring neighbors that have come here. And they have come, not because I've asked them to come, but they want to support Tom on the worship team and be here for him. Mm. So relationship is a two-way street in that, you're really blessed when you take that step and honor him. Absolutely. Guys, thank you. I feel like there's been some great gold nuggets here for us to just, uh, as we listen in on this conversation, just to take one or two things away. Thank you. I'm, I'm, really, I'm humbled to be with you guys. So would you uh, appreciate them? Thank you. I got to tell you, almost uh, each one of them, as I was talking to them on the phone uh, this week in preparing for this, each one of them was a little bit hesitant to actually get up and share because there is such a great humility. When you're, uh, when you're living and engaging with what God is doing, again, you're not in it for yourself. If you're in it for yourself, what is it called? It's religion. It's, it's just an act. You're just going through the motions. But when you're actually engaging with God with what He wants to do, it's about Him. And so thank you to each one of you that your willingness to stand up and, and uh, kind of sh shed some light on what God is doing in, in, in family and, and, and education and, and economics, Bill. Thank you very much for that. I think that the, the, the thought that I want to leave you with today is just this, this real challenge 
that no matter what domain you find yourself in, no matter what your story is specific to you, no matter what's going to happen tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., if you are a follower of Christ, if Christ is in you and you have been reconciled to God and you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and what He has done for you, then the challenge is for you to say, yeah, yes, yes, I will engage. I'm going to engage with what God is doing now, I don't want for, for one moment to, to, to pretend like this is an easy thing. It's not easy. It's not easy to engage. Hello? It's the God of the universe changing people's lives? Ah, that's a piece of cake. No, it's hard. And I'm telling you, it's scary. Scary. Part of my engaging is actually standing here having you look at me. That ain't fun. Especially when I can't see you, you know? Saying yes to what God is doing around you is one of the hardest things to do. It's fearful. There's unknowns. But I'm telling you guys, this is what it's about. This is it. This is it. This is what God has designed for you and I to do, to literally be a part of changing the world. We are not going to be a church that just, just does church. We're, we're, not, we're not doing that. We're not going to be a church that, that just, just exists for the walls. We're not, we're not doing that. What K2, I hope and I pray in every day that the hallmark of K2 is a church without walls where people are engaging with what God has designed them to do. And I'm telling you, here's the deal too. There is only one of you in here. Each one of you has been wired specifically. You've been given phenomenal gifting and talents. And you have been placed in a moment of opportunity to not club somebody, <laughs> to not coerce them, to not be an attorney, because an attorney argues about things, to be a witness for what God has done in your life. And I'm telling you, that's scary. Anybody in here like, man, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Do you know what a witness says? What's happened to them? What they have uh, experienced firsthand. That's being missional in the kingdom of God. You are the church. You are the church. And it starts by saying yes to what God wants to do. There's some of you in here today that are just like, man, I'm just checking this out. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to engage what God is doing yet because I've not necessarily engaged with God and I'm checking it out. And I need to tell you, you're in a great place to do that. You've heard us say it again and again and again. You take as long as you need. You take as long as you need because your faith journey is, is specific to you and God knows what you need. But, but here's what I want to encourage you to, uh, to think about today is that eternity with Him your past forgiven, the present situation you find yourself in reconciled, your future, hope for the future. God says, I want to give that to you. And it comes by you saying yes to his son, Jesus Christ. And so I want you to know that there is a God that loves you more than you can ever imagine. There's a God that is smitten with you more than you can ever imagine. And you'll spend the rest of your life falling in love with him and understanding all the things about him and still having a boatload of questions at the end. But I want to encourage you, if there's one thing that I could ask you to do in this next year, and that is to say yes to Jesus Christ. There's nothing like it. There's nothing that compares to knowing that you'll spend eternity with him, reconciled to the Father. <laughs> your sin paid for. That's what this movement's about. That's what it means to change this world. That's what it means to be unstoppable. Because we're unstoppable. 
No, we're not going to be around 30 years because God's unstoppable. Brad, why don't you come up here and join me, buddy? As we end our time, we thought it would be kind of fitting to, to, to strip it back. And uh, Brad's just going to lead us uh, in guitar here. And here's the cool thing. <laughs> Again, about meeting out here in the crowd and just, just being God's body together. Is that God's real viral. You know what I mean by that? He's real viral. And I love the fact that, I'm going to explain it. I love the fact <laughs> that it's just Brad on guitar using his gifting and saying yes to God. And I want to, I want to encourage you to worship with him and, uh, and worship this God that we owe so much gratitude to. And spend time, if you are walking with Jesus Christ, to consider saying yes tomorrow morning. Something's going to happen specifically tomorrow morning for you. Some of you will go to work and you'll be faced with the opportunity. What do I do? How do I encounter? How do I engage with what God is doing in my workplace right now? And some of you, during this time as we worship here, you might, you might be just needing to listen to God. Is this the time to say yes to Him and to start this grand adventure? Bow your heads, let's pray. Jesus, it's with uh, great gratitude that I stand here. I, I, I can't believe, I can't believe what you've done for us. You, as we talk about eternity, that, that, that you've, you've, you've crossed over every chasm of our sin, over every, everything that stands in the way of us, and you, you've crossed over that out of love. Why, why is that the case, God? Why, why do you love us so much? Why do you bother with us so much? I, I'm dying to ask you that. And I, and I think this side of heaven, I'm probably not going to know that. But God, I, right now, today, here, this first Sunday of May, I just want to say thank you for loving us. Thank you. I don't know why you do it, but Lord, I am so glad that you do. I'm so glad. And God, it's out of this gratitude that that I want to offer myself right now, and I know many are praying this prayer, to offer myself to engage with you with what you're doing. Not because of what I bring to the table, but because, I, God, I'm just, I want to reflect you. That's it. I just want to reflect you. Lord, make that true about this church. Is that we would not be self-absorbed. <laughs> that we would not be out just looking to chalk, you know, just, just notch our belts one more time with one more person that... that that we just feel good about, you know, just bring a church. But we would actually be missional, God, about what you're doing. Thank you, God, for including us in on this plan that's humbling. Oh, but God, I would want nothing else than to be doing this life with you. God, our worship is for you today. Our praise is for you. And I pray that uh, as we sing, that just... I have this picture of you that you're, you're big, it's just a big smile breaking across your face as you hear your children sing. This is for you, all for you. We hog no glory for ourselves. You are our Abba Father. Hallelujah. We glorify you now. It's in your name. Amen. One of the other ways that we are going to worship right now as Brad leads us is uh, we want to take an offering and here's the deal with the offering. Sometimes it can kind of feel weird in churches. Like, why are they doing that? And it, God does not need your money. Last time I checked, he, he pretty much owned everything. <laughs> you know what God needs? He needs your heart. 
so if you are, are here and, and man, you, you want to give, you want to give God just a little back what he's already given you out of an act of worship, not out of obligation. If it's obligation, do not, don't, don't do it. But if it's worship, would you, would you use that as a tool for worship today? And then let's follow with our voices in worship.